0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth NBA Podcast, where we talk all things National Basketball Association and handicap American hoops. Spread, I know we were supposed to talk about WTA today, but unfortunately the draw wasn't ready, so we'll have to do that in a handful of hours, but how are you on this glorious day?
1: You know, we're flexible over here, we can do WTA, we can do WNBA, and... um... Just so the listeners know, for us, it is a good evening, so you should be hearing the uh, comforting tinkle of, of the ice in Noop's glass, and that means we're going to have a real loose, relaxed podcast here.
0: Well, unfortunately, there is no ice in the glass today. What we actually went with is I've been doing, I've got a Modelo here with me and a, a glass of tequila, oh, okay. and I'm just kind of hitting the tequila and the Modelo at the same time. It's nice. It's I kind like of like the a click. progressive I might shot just... situation.
1: I might have to do. I might have to just get my own ice drink, just because I think the clink is adds such a class to our podcast.
0: I think you're right; it does. But the good news is, we'll have a little bit of puppy content today. Um, I've been I've been left home. The reason I have time for a podcast on a Saturday afternoon, my wonderful fiance. Uh, that's right, folks. A woman was dumb enough to say she would marry me. Um, is out hanging with some of her friends, and I am here to watch the dog and make sure that he's okay. And every once in a while you'll hear him whimper and and bark at the door because he's very upset that she's not home. So we'll probably get a little bit of that at the very least. So get excited.
1: All right, we got some NBA and some puppies. It sounds like a real uh, winning combination.
0: Who says no? And we have actual NBA basketball spread. They're playing hoops tonight. I think they played hoops last night. I don't know. I'm not a big preseason guy. Are you a big preseason guy?
1: no I don't really take a lot from it of course the position battles there's a couple things you want to uh, you know you you can take from it but usually I just grab those from the beat writers I don't watch a lot of preseason unless there was like a specific camp battle that I was like concerned with but I can't think of any off the top of my head that are really uh, fascinating to me so uh, I'll let the other I know the Kings fans are already up in arms because we lost two games in India
0: (laughs) they're playing preseason games in India?
1: Yeah, because the Kings' owner is Indian, so he was real excited to yeah, I know. his team over there. Yeah, so they—that's really great. Yeah, the Kings and the Indiana Pacers headed over there. They think they played a overtime or double overtime game, and they lost. And then Indiana blew us out. Uh, I don't know if that would be last night or this morning, but um, yeah, so they've got that going on. You know, uh, Houston played in China, and then Daryl Morey enraged all of China, or at least all the Chinese Twitter bots. Did you see that?
0: You know, I did. I, I think that's a pretty interesting situation. Do you want to dive into that a little bit?
1: I mean, from what I've from what I've heard, it's not really going to affect much on the floor, except for the Moors in hot water, and they're going to have to do some serious backpedaling. But as far as our handicapping, it doesn't really seem to be much more than an interesting tale. Did you have anything yeah. on it?
0: Well, it's it's a pretty interesting situation because, you know, for those who don't know, Del Ramori made some, some comments, um, you know, showing some solidarity with the folks in Hong Kong right now. Um, for those, again, who don't know, please, you know, spend some time on the BBC or some other websites wherever you go to get your news to look into this. But uh, the folks in Hong Kong are, are really worried about their ability to exist and, and, and be independent. And um, there's been a lot of interesting stuff happening there. Um, a lot of... Uh, a lot of protests. I don't know if you'd quite qualify them as, as as riots, but I know that there has been, you know, a little violence. Um, and it's been pretty impressive from that standpoint, watching these group of people stand up to what has been a pretty powerful government. And, you know, Dale Ramore came out in support of the people in Hong Kong and um, some folks from China, I think, were, were less than thrilled with that, and it's very interesting because the Houston Rockets, you know, as spread, I'm sure you know, when they drafted Yao Ming, picked up a huge yeah. Chinese following. They're one of the most yeah. watched, if not the most watched, basketball team in the world because of that. And I know that their presence in China is very big, and I think the Chinese government has, has gone as far as to cancel a couple of, um, pre, you know, preseason. I know that there is still a preseason, but a couple of preseason games that were supposed to be televised, and I'm sure would have had a lot of eyes. So I think it's a really interesting. Situation, I think it really speaks to you know the NBA and how it does cross a lot of boundaries and, and is sometimes really bigger than basketball. I think that's maybe the more interesting angle here. You know, what do you think about the sport of basketball, and the NBA in particular, in terms of its ability to to span multiple things and, and be a little bigger than the sport itself?
1: Well, yeah, it's by far the most worldwide game as far as an American export. I know that uh, NFL is king in the states. Uh, But worldwide, I think the NBA gets uh, much more attention, and that's probably due to the fact that uh, it has such an international um, uh, player base now. You know, we have so many international players. Um, And one other funny thing I thought about that was, did you see that uh, Tillman Fertino, Rockets owner, jumped on really quick to distance himself? Um, basically tweeting that Maury uh, does not speak for the Houston Rockets and those are all his own personal opinions and that's that's not how the Rockets feel and I can't imagine the conversation that those two men must have had after uh, Maury hit send on that tweet
0: that would be a fantastic um, opportunity to be a fly on the wall in that room. I know that the owner <laughs> yeah. probably very concerned about what I was talking about in terms of the revenue from China. I'm sure that that's a direct hit to him and, and his wallet oh, his operation. It's huge. Absolutely. I'm sure that it is. Yeah. So, Daryl um, Morey, one of the most respected general managers in the NBA, I, I think that his job is safe, but I'm sure that there was a very tough conversation with him and, and, and Tillman. So,. Um, and then, Pretty you know, there's a
1: couple media guys here that think that Maury actually gets a pass from the media because he is so uh, he's so accessible to the media and he's kind of buddies with them. And he does the analytics like, you know, most of the, the younger writers like. And, they, you know, they kind of give him a pass on things that they might run uh, other GMs out of town for, like specifically the Chris Paul signing. Now, in hindsight, the Paul contract did get traded, so it didn't look as bad, but, uh, you know, Three or four months ago, didn't that contract look untradable? I mean, that's why that was a shocking trade of the summer to me.
0: You know, in the NBA, the concept of untradeable contract to me is, is always kind of laughable because at some point <laughs> it will be an expiring contract and you can trade yeah. it. And I yeah. can't remember in my life any contract really being so big that it was actually untradable, the National Basketball Association. Um, okay, well, that will a- be
1: some interesting research. Let me see. I'm sure I can come up with one or two. But I know uh, I'd have to spend some I'm, time. I'm trying
0: to, I mean, even somebody like Ray LaFrance or Theo Ratliff, who, who got those really big contracts. Um, yeah. You know, th- those were traded a bunch of times. You think about some of those terrible contracts. I mean, the John yeah. Wall contract is going to be the biggest test to that of that all time. That will be the
1: gold standard, won't it?
0: It will. Yeah. But I mean, again, at some point, that's going to be, I think, a 40-something million dollar expiring contract.
1: Fine, yeah.
0: So, you know, it's always interesting to talk about basketball from a bigger perspective. I was actually chatting with our buddy, Whale Capper. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone here, if, if you do not already, please sure to listen to the deep dive pod, our buddy at Whale underscore Capper, one of the absolute very best. On, on gambling Twitter, I know that the reason that, that we're here today is because of him. Um, we were going back and forth around a little bit on this, and then as well as just the importance of the NBA in in the world. The fact that it is really the second biggest sport at this point in the world, besides soccer or you know football, if you will. Um, and, you know, Spread, we were talking about this a little bit. And, you know, we will put a pit on this. If you guys want to hear Whale Capper on the Net Worth pod, be sure to send him a couple DMs and let him know. We're, we're trying to get him on for a little bit later. But um, I think one of the things we want to talk about, and we'll save it for that, but just start prepping yourself, Spread. You know, how many years is it until the NBA takes over the NFL in, in, in the United States?
1: You know, I still think it's going to be hard. I really think it's going to be hard. The thing the NFL has going for it is – with their ability to cut players the teams can go from worst to first so much easier and second the gambling and fantasy is so much easier for the casual fan as in you have six days to make your pick to gather information whether or not it really helps you or not it makes you feel uh, more educated going into sunday and um, the fantasy implications i think it's going to be really hard Um, You know, because people say football's dying, football's dying, this and that, you know, with all the CTE and all all the problems they've had. But yet the ratings just keep going up. And in fact, their NBA ratings uh, struggled a tad in the NBA, you know, in the United States last year, and they blamed it on LeBron going west.
0: That's interesting. You know, I didn't hear too much of that, but. You know, we'll talk about that. Yeah, they went down for
1: the first time in probably three or four years because they were constantly going up. That's how they got that huge contract. And then they continued to go up until last year was the first year they had a dip. And, you know, it's interesting. I'd say LeBron going west had something to do with it. But also I'd say that the quote-unquote load management did too. I mean, I remember a couple of prime time games in a row last year where we missed LeBron in one and then we missed Curry in the next one and you know it was a game I was really excited for and then I get up Saturday morning and find out that you know LeBron and then subsequently Curry was sitting out and it was just kind of Fizzled my excitement for the game that night. I kind of planned my day around it. You know, hey, I want to make sure to be home at five. See, for us, we have to be home at five to see these games. But, you know, I want to make sure to be home to see it. And then once I found LeBron was out, it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, if things go long and I miss the first quarter or first half. It doesn't really matter. So they really got to cut down on this load management if they want to. I, the, the problem with the NBA regular season is a lack of urgency. And that's what the NFL has is that every every game matters in the NFL, and I mean, does it feel that way to you? I love the NBA. I think it's a great product. But I would admit, you know, if we were debating it, that, that the regular season does lack a sense of urgency.
0: I made a lot of great points there. I love what you talked about in terms of the sets of urgency. That is the NFL's biggest, biggest advantage. I like what you said in terms of load management. But My first question was, you know, you, you quoted some some drop in ratings. Is that just regular season only or does that include the playoffs?
1: Regular season ratings. I think the playoff oh, okay. ratings continue to increase. The okay. playoff ratings were fine because I the playoffs the... have that urgency.
0: Well, that's interesting because there were some smaller markets in the playoffs. Milwaukee was a big big contributor in the playoffs this year. That's, of course, oh. a smaller market. I don't know where to, how Toronto ranks in terms of a TV market, but I know it's not New York, Los Angeles, or, or somebody like that. So that's interesting. But Do I you think, really you're right. think
1: market size matters? I don't think it matters until the finals
0: i think it actually probably matters more before the finals because once you get to the finals really? those are the only games to watch and they're all on abc and it doesn't really matter where you are you're going to be forced to see them um you know when you in the first you round there
1: watch i think the finals have the most casual fans out of anyone it's the only one on broadcast television
0: well that's what i mean I, th- I think that lends interior. itself to the fact that even when there are two maybe a smaller market team i think people will still watch it because it is the final so uh, that's interesting sure.
1: Yeah, well, I'm definitely unprepared to talk about this. I don't know if it really does matter or not. But, um, you know, it's so it's funny because it's we gamble. We'll watch anything. That's you true. Know, almost leading us in tonight, you know. We'll watch Memphis-Milwaukee if we think there's an advantage on the point spread. <laughs>
0: Well, that's an excellent segue to what we're going to talk about tonight. The Southwest Division, uh, overall a pretty good division, but the Memphis Grizzlies here, we'll start with them. They have, the, of course, the lowest odds to win the division. Taking a look here at their starting lineup, John Morant, the second pick of the draft last year, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jared Jackson, uh, Jonas Valanchunas, Tyus Jones, Grayson Allen, Jay Crowder, Brandon Clark, the much-celebrated Brandon Clark. Twitter loves Brandon yeah. Clark. Um you know an interesting lineup a lot of interesting pieces there but uh i don't know spread it's it's hard to see this team win in a lot of games if any so so what do you think here what are your thoughts on the memphis grizzlies
1: i mean they have great pieces for the future right if you're going to build your team right john Morant and jaron jackson are two players you definitely would not mind building around but they're in their first and second years, respectively. And, you know, we noticed in the NBA that this is a man's league, and at age 19 and age 20, unless you are LeBron James, who basically came into the league as a grown man, it's really hard to dominate. Now, you can obviously show flashes of talent, play well and have a successful season, but, you know, they're just not ready yet. Um, the rest of the squad is, is okay. I think they kind of overpaid for Kyle Anderson, you know, we could make an argument the system in san antonio made him look better than he was I mean, dylan brooks is fine but let's be honest i think he's a reserve on a playoff team and um you know what does valanciunas matter right i mean a new nba center plays six minutes and then they hit the bench for the rest of the uh rest of the half the one thing i'll be interested about this team is the buyout situation with jay crowder and andre iguodala because don't those two kind of just look lost here on this rebuilding team
0: my dream for the 76ers is that they get a chance at Andre Iguodala <laughs> after he gets bought out. He's such wow. a perfect piece for what they need. I He's didn't got think just about everything. That. Oh, it's everything spread. And I want him to come home. I think we talked about this a little bit on on the Sixers podcast, but And We've talked about it before. I know personally, I feel so bad for Andre Iguodala. He just, being drafted by the Sixers was probably the worst thing that could ever happen to him. You know, having the initials AI, coming in after Allen Iverson, again, (laughs) with the same initials and that expectation. And for the player that he was, he was incredible when he was here. One of the absolute, if not the best defensive players in the league. Incredible on the fast break. A really good passer, but not what Allen Iverson was. Not somebody who could get you 30 points in a night. Um, So I'm really excited for him to hopefully come back and, and, you know, get the love and 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 that he deserves I was so happy when he won the finals MVP I just I love him he's one of my very favorite players in the league and I hope that refresh my memory did he
1: leave on good terms
0: um not really no they got kind of bored of him and traded him I think that was to the Denver Nuggets um I'm trying to remember his his exact exit out of town but no Andre Iguodala is not a beloved son of the, the city of Philadelphia
1: so are you worried that that would hinder a return
0: no, I, th- I think that at this point it it's been almost ass. a decade since he's been in Hopefully. Philadelphia, if not longer. So, you know, there, there's plenty of time to separate him from that, and the expectation won't be the same. Again, he was our, supposed to be our, our next big player. And, uh, you know, again, with the initials AI, that was tough. So what uh, I wanted to know, ask-
1: Go ahead, Jay Crowder, I think, would be just as good a buyout candidate for you guys. I mean, wouldn't he kind of fill those same roles? Wouldn't you agree? I mean, he would, but...
0: He would, but I think, you know, for the Sixers, when I'm looking at that spot, I'm looking for a little more leadership. I'm looking for a little more experience, a little more character. Mm-hmm. And I think Iguodala has that in spades. And I like Jake Crowder. Yeah. He's been in a few big moments, but give me Igadala. Okay. So well, Jaren... I think both of
1: them will help playoff teams, and I'm just surprised to see them on this roster. And um, one more thing about Igadala before we move on, because actually I he's not really going to factor too much into our handicap with the Grizzlies. Uh I think Was that one of the first bad front office moves that the warriors made when they basically dumped him for salary? Because he they could have at least got like a second round pick or something for them to actually get rid of an asset for someone to take his contract. That was like uh, the first miscalculation I've seen from them in a couple years.
0: I don't think that they could have gotten anything of value at that time, and I think the salary mm-hmm. cap space to them at that moment was probably worth a little bit more than maybe the second or, or even late first round pick they could have gotten during the middle of the season. So, as regrettable it is to have to end their relationship that way, I thought that was an okay move.
1: Yeah, I just thought the I thought they could have at least got like a second rounder for him or something, and it's just uh, yeah. kind of rough for a guy who sacrificed so much of that team to to ship him out like that. i also wonder how that will be seen around the league is. You know the beginning of the Warriors kind of going... Well, I'd say the beginning was us, or not us, but the Warriors losing the trainer to Atlanta. I think that was the first sign that they might not be making the best moves up there and be more money-oriented. And then, um, not necessarily that they got rid of Iguodala, but how they did it, I don't know if that's going to sit well with other NBA players after all the sacrifices he made for that team.
0: I think there's some interesting stories to be told there for sure. The only other thing before we get into the lines I want to talk about, Jaron Jackson Jr., what are your expectations for him? He was a really exciting player last year, you know, started 56 games here for the Grizzlies. Um, you know, so got injured at one point, didn't get a chance to play the whole season, but showed a lot of variety as his game. It was able to average a block and a half and a steal. You know, that's yeah. really tough for someone as big as him. That shows a lot of athleticism and defensive prowess and some simple numbers. Um, you know, I, th- I think I would have looked for some more rebounds here. I'm surprised to see it was only about four point seven, almost five rebounds a game, but showed the ability to hit some threes and some nice shots. What do you think of Jaron Jackson Junior? What do you what do you expect from him as I mean, his he's ceiling? a future
1: all star? I don't is see any reason I don't see any reason to think why he won't develop into an all star. He has all the tools. He's just young and coming in as a big man is tough. So, I Do you think I, of it was a possible
0: it, MVP or just a possible All-Star? You know, no, when I don't think want of to say Levels, MVP, not okay. MVP, Yeah. Yeah, when I think of Levels, it's kind of possible MVP, possible first, so first team All-NBA three, much, and right? then All-Star. Right, exactly. If I
1: say he's All-Star, he's pretty say he's top 30 NBA player. Yeah, I'm yeah. comfortable saying he will be a, you know, 3 to 4 time All-Star unless an injury shakes him up. I think he's got all the potential in the world and I think he's going to take a big step forward this year. All right, let's get into some of the numbers here. Huge odds to
0: win the division in the conference. Huge odds to win the title. We'll just skip that. The win total, twenty-six and a half. Now this is this looks a lot like some of those other win totals we talked about in the Eastern Conference when we got to the Bulls and we got to the Wizards. You know, spread. There has to be four or five teams every year that, that win just about twenty some games. Boy, doesn't yeah. this feel like one? What do you think of that twenty-six and a half?
1: I think when you're doing this win total, you basically are. Trying to decide how good you think John Moran's going to be right off the bat, because if you think if you think that he's going to come in and be effective, uh, I think there's no reason why you wouldn't bet over. I think they have a talented core, and um, you know they have the chance to be overlooked quite often, and they still have a pretty good home court advantage. Um, so I don't know, and I'd actually wanted to ask your uh, opinion about that because you know what I was noticing as we're doing these previews. I would say if if you know if we were going to critique ourselves, and one of the biggest things we need to work on is we are fairly illiterate when it comes to um, trying to knowing these college players that are coming in and, and predicting their impact.
0: You're right, we've got to do a little more homework on that, but I'm surprised to hear you say that. This seems like a, an under-pass or pass look. I mean, they've got a play spread in, in this Western Conference. They're going to play the Rockets yeah. four times, the Lakers four times, the Timberwolves four times, the Blazers four times, the Pelicans four times, the Mavericks four times, the Nuggets four times, the Warriors, the Spurs, the Jazz, he, the Clippers, the but Kings four times. But some of those are times. going
1: to be backs-to-backs, backs and they're going to be completely looking past Memphis. Ugh, I don't know. Or not caring or choosing Memphis is the night that they're going to load manage their best players.
0: I think you're right. There's going to be some load management wins here. But you look at this lineup again, it looks like the starters are going to be John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson, and, and Valanchunas. How many of those guys are actual NBA starters? I think you could make an argument that really only two of them are.
1: I, Valanchunas is. I'd say he's an average center.
0: So the Valanciunas for me is the swing player. I think that right, Morant, given, given his position as a rookie, um, Jackson is, is a starter, and, and Valanciunas is maybe a starter. I think he's a starter on a bad team. I don't think he's a starter on a good team.
1: Like uh, I mean, I, I mean, he many... started for the Rockets for a couple. I mean, the Raptors for a couple of years, and they're able to win. But like I said, in the new NBA, center is it's twelve minutes a game. So I mean, to start at center doesn't really say a lot about your team. I think they're going to be closing if Crowder stays. I think they'll close with Crowder and they'll move Jackson to the five.
0: And then so. you look at this bench. I mean, Tyus Jones is your backup point guard. He's fine. We don't <laughs> want him playing a lot of minutes. I mean, yeah. is Grayson Allen going to play twenty minutes a game for this team? Brandon... I think he is, and I'm going to be
1: interested to see how that works out. I don't know. The more I look, at I don't this, think the it's going to work out very under. well to you.
0: I don't. I I like that under, and I wonder if I could even find some alt unders here. I think that. You know, this is a team that if they go under, this is a team that maybe goes under 20. I wonder if they're even going to try to think about tanking towards the end of the year for draft picks and stuff. So I'm surprised yeah. to hear you
1: say over. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I just like the starting five. I really don't think Kyle Anderson's that bad. He's fine, but... But he's not excellent, so... Who's
0: the who's the leader on this team? Whose team is this?
1: It's going to be Morant's team, right? Because he has the ball. Exa- well, exactly, Jackson's we don't know. Jackson's going to be relying on him.
0: I think you're right, though, but we don't know. We don't know who the guy on this team is. The NBA is, and maybe it's somebody who's played a little too much basketball my whole life. I always probably, at the end of the day, trust my qualitative more than my quantitative handicap. I think you have to have, to be successful in the NBA, a guy who's the leader in the locker room, the leader on the floor. I don't know who that is on this team, and I don't know that if anybody really does step up, if I have the confidence in them to fill that position adequately, so... I think it's going to be a fun team. I think that there'll be a lot of interesting plays. I think there'll be a lot of Morant-Jackson highlights that we'll like to see. I think that Brandon Clark is going to be really interesting, and we're curious to see how he grows. But I don't know, spread. I think it's under or pass.
1: All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm definitely not betting on it. There you go. So you sound like you're pretty strong. I I said over, but I was pretty just, hey, you know, I think they'll get some home wins. I think teams will, will rest guys going against them. And that should give them some opportunities, um, but I don't feel strongly enough to to back it with my own money. Are you uh, Are you actually making this bet here, or is you just? Uh, I think that I am. I want to do a little okay. schedule analysis and see so kind you of feel what the front of the season looks
0: like. Team. Yeah, I want to see what the front of the season looks like versus the back end of the season. You know, if they play some better teams more towards the middle of the year, then I'm going to be all over the under. So a little schedule analysis, and I'll tweet it out. But I think I'm going to end up with an under twenty six and a half ticket.
1: Yeah, I'll pull up the season here real quick just to give us a quick idea of how they start. Yeah, so let's say uh, they host Phoenix. What would you put that line at? Because that's the Saturday, November 2nd game. Will they be favored?
0: I mean, they will be because they're at home, but I think that'll Mm be, you know, maybe Memphis minus three or four, you know, whatever the home court advantage is there. It should be pretty close. I don't think that you could discernibly say that either of those teams are better than each other.
1: Yeah. Just doing a perfunctory glance at the schedule, and I'm sure you're going to do a much more detailed glance when you do it before you make the math but this doesn't seem to be an easy start for this team. Yeah. But I don't know if any team in the West is going to have an easy schedule. I mean,
0: Right, that's exactly what I was kind of circling, yeah. that idea, that they're just – yeah. they open at Miami, then Chicago, Brooklyn, Los Angeles, home for Phoenix, Houston Rockets, Minnesota, um, Orlando, Dallas, San Antonio, Charlotte, Utah, Denver, Golden State, the Lakers, the Pacers, the Clippers, the Jazz. That gets them all the way through November. So, you know, when I went through that list, at Charlotte, home for Phoenix, home for Chicago. They have a chance at maybe three wins in the first month or so of the season. That's going to be rough.
1: All right, so here's what I'm going to tell you my look for this team is, is that I will be looking to play them as home underdogs And thinking that they can keep games close and maybe cover, especially when they're getting seven or more against some of the better teams.
0: I like that idea. I think that they might even be a great team to watch and live bet, you know, if they're playing a better team. Uh, Maybe they come out and they're down at at the first half and you can get a line. Maybe they're plus seven when they open, but you get like a plus ten live, something like that. I think you're right. I think Uh they might be a team with some good closing um, numbers, teams that sneak into some backdoor covers because you got a lot of younger guys that are going to be trying hard regardless of the score. Yeah. I think that's a nice so, angle.
1: Yeah, but I'm definitely staying away from this team. But they should be fun to watch. I'll be really interested to see how well Morant translates to the NBA. And one of the reasons why I don't really try is that I always think all these guys are going to be so good coming out of college. I mean, that, we'll save that for maybe another pod, an offseason pod. But all the players that I missed on that I thought were going to be so good. And uh, the first one that comes to mind is, is one of your guys, Kerry Kittles. I just thought he was going to light the league up. And he wasn't bad, but, you know, he wasn't a star like I thought.
0: No, no, you got snookered by the nice Villanova offense. I mean, didn't
1: he look so great there, though? I mean, he looked like he was going to light the league on fire. So I kind of gave up on my trying to uh, figure out, you know, what translates to the NBA from from watching the college game because I seem to fall in love with these guys a little too easily.
0: Someday when we have nothing to talk about, we'll get uh, into a long conversation about my thoughts on the difference between the NBA and college basketball. But All right. let's move on to the New Orleans let's Pelicans. Move on there will be a very yeah. interesting team this year. Lonzo yeah. Ball, Jeru Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Derek Favors, J.J. Redick, Jackson Hayes, Frank Jackson, Etuan Moore, Ja, Leal, Okafor, um, Nikhil, Alexander Walker. A lot of talent on this team. This should be a really, really fun roster. You know, we talked about them a little bit in our first podcast around our expectations, but, you know, refresh our memory spread. What do you think about this team and this roster, and and what is the top end you know, for this season? What is your range of expectations? Not even just the top end. What's your range of expectations for the Pelicans this year?
1: Okay, so if everything went right and they played up to their potential, I mean, I think they could get up to, like, the sixth seed, but I don't expect everything to go right.
0: Well, so what do you think goes yeah. wrong? I mean, you know, when I look at this roster, I also Injuries. kind of struggle with it. Right. There's a lot of injury questions here. Um, you know, wh- yeah. I, I'm cur- but there's a lot of upside here. You know, what's what happens to Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram now that they're not in the Lakers anymore? Is that going to be yeah. a, a better situation for them? Oh, I think um, it will. All right so do we see those guys kind of step up? I think Drew Holiday is a great player to have on this team. He's a he's a long-term NBA veteran. he's very skilled he's very talented. Um, I think that this is a great opportunity for him to kind of take the helm and, and manage some young players. Zion Williamson obviously seems to have endless potential. I do worry about his ability to play in the NBA. I think that for the first year or so it's going to be tough for him to play against you know frankly men his own size and I, I wonder how his body holds up. Over a long season, given how hefty it is, you know he's a really, really kind of big, you know, burly kind of guy, if you will. Um, but this team's really. So I'll interesting. tell you what
1: I'm I'm kind of opposite with you there on one point. I think that he's going to do just fine against these guys. I think the NBA; these guys are a lot thinner than they used to be, and they're not as strong as they used to be. I remember the one that that really stands out to me on on showing that difference is I remember I really didn't think Porzingis was going to be able to uh to mash around with the big men inside but you know he got to the nba and he was ready to go and i looked around at all of the players playing with him like oh boy they're all just young and skinny like him too it's not the same um the same heft up front that the, that these players used to have but i completely agree when you're that big and you jump that high i wonder how long your body can can handle all that wear and tear so my main concern with him is i would say when paul ingram and williamson you have three of your five starters that have Serious injury concerns and that, you know, I would put their over under for all three at at 60 games apiece on how many games I expect to see out of these guys.
0: It's There's so many question marks with this team. And again, you start to look at the Western Conference. One of the things that we talked about in our preview podcast, there's just not that many spots in the playoffs. You know, you start uh-huh. to look through the standings here. The Rockets are a lock. The Lakers are a lock. The Clippers are a lock. The Jazz are a lock. The Nuggets are a lock. And I think the Warriors are, and, and Trailblazers are probably a lock. That makes seven teams. So you've right. got just one spot for the Pelicans, for the Mavericks, for the Kings, for the Thunder, for... For anybody I mean for the Timberwolves even it's it's a really tough spot for them but I think it is going to be a fun fun team to watch and I'm really excited to see how they gel Um, JJ Redick uh, if you guys don't listen to his podcast it's really interesting and he does a great job of of giving you just enough of the inside that without kind of ruining what's going on but I think this is going to be fun to have him on the back end there understanding the first season of Zion Williamson I think there's going to be some great content there Um, any other thoughts before we jump into the odds here
1: I kind of think they're going to be like the Kings of last year, where I think they're going to be probably the most fun team to just watch as a spectator, but they're just going to not have enough to make the playoffs.
0: Yep. All right. So, win total here I'm seeing 39.5 for the wins. Um, You know, 10 to 1 to win the division, 50 to 1 at the conference, 60 to 1 to win the title. I think we can skip on those. The playoffs, yes, is plus 220. That's a that's not nearly enough value for me. Um, the no at minus 300 actually kind of looks like a cheap price. But I think the most interesting number here spread is that wins total at 39.5. So just two, three games or so, just a couple games below 500. Any interest in that number?
1: Yeah, I would play under on it, but I'm not going to actually bet. But, I mean, I'm sure that if I did bet, I would play under. But I'm not going to because you're basically bent on injuries, and we talked about it last pot. I don't like making bets with just the assumption that people are getting injured um but i'll tell you what i will not bet the over because of the assumption that people are getting injured right i mean if we knew that all three of them were staying healthy you would go over right if i could tell you that ball ingram and williamson each play 75 games would you bet over
0: I would think about it and, and probably still pass. I just don't know that if, oh, really? if... I don't know if they have enough talent to really compete. Again, really? You, know, you think about those seven great teams in the West. I just went through seven teams that were very certain to not positive are going to make the playoffs. And then, I mean, is this a better roster? You know, we, we're going to get to the Kings on the next podcast. I don't think it's a better roster than the Kings. I don't think that it's, it's a better roster. I, I'm curious to see if they're going be better than the Mavericks this year. But... I think, yes, you're right. If you promised to me that this whole roster was going to be healthy for the entire year, then I would think long and hard, and I, you might get me on it over, but it's going to be close.
1: So let's just say – let's continue on that assumption because I think it's a fun assumption because it's not fun for guys to get hurt. Let's say they all did. Like, <laughs> how do you think Ingram's going to look? I think he's a huge question mark here. and And, and what I really – would be encouraged by is the way that Julius Randall looked, you know, just kind of to be a middling player and they got sent to the Pelicans and looked fantastic. Uh, you know, Russell left the Lakers and looked fantastic, which made me think that the Lakers have a good eye for talent, but that they're not that skilled at developing players. Um, so if if that is true and we actually would get Ingram and, and Ball developed properly, I mean, they, they, that could be a real good look, right?
0: I think you're right. Ingram has a lot of potential. I'm excited for him. I think that he is the real X factor here. And if he can come out and and be a real contributor, this team might actually be very interesting. But I don't know. I I think that he's got got the body. He's got the skills. I think he even showed a little bit that he might have the brain for it. But we'll see how he fits in. I mean, he moves into another situation where he's on somebody else's team. This is going to be Zion Williamson's team. So we'll see how he feels about that.
1: All right, and we're not going to leave the Pelicans without me getting your thoughts on ex-Sixer Julio Okafor.
0: Well, if uh, Julio Okafor was born 25 or 30 years before he was, he could have been one of the best (laughs) players in the NBA. I mean, I was worried about Jaleel Okafor. I was so sad when the Sixers drafted him. I thought that that was one of the clear indications that Sam Hickey had had started to lose control. Um, Uh... He got benched at the end of that national championship game. Mike Shashevsky so, benched him. He did not play at the end of that national championship game. I thought that that spoke yeah. volumes about who he was as a basketball player. And then you looked at what he did um and then they drafted him the first year I mean it's embarrassing his defensive effort for the first two or three years of his career is embarrassing I hope that he spends a lot of time watching that footage and and learning from that and and being respectful for what that is because it's embarrassing he didn't even put his hands in the air let alone not move his feet I mean it's it's disgusting (laughs) to have to watch someone so big take up so little space on that end of the floor but He was incredible last year in those minutes with Anthony Davis. As somebody who plays fantasy basketball, I was happy to pick him up. I mean, he was a double-double threat any time he got to start when Anthony Davis was out. Um, I think that there is a place for him, maybe as a bench player, Um, but we'll see. We'll see if he's continued to grow his game, and we'll see if he's learned to put his hands up on defense and move his stinking feet. But not too many nice things to say about Mr. Okafer.
1: Well, we can use Okafor in the pod where we talk about how I don't know how to scout for the NBA because I thought he was going to be a 2010 guy. I really thought he was going to go in the league and tear it up. I thought, you know, I was like, well, you know, there's not a lot of good post defenders because none of these big guys play in the post anymore. He's going to be able to get down there and score and rebound and boy, uh, it really seemed like his attitude was his undoing. It seemed like he felt like he made it before he even, uh, you know, made a shot. And you know, if he's turned that around, I still think he's got the potential. He's still young and. And he could do it. And I think he could be a nice bench scoring piece here uh, for this Pelicans team. But yeah, he's definitely not going to live up to the, that all star potential that I had pegged him uh, coming up.
0: No, I, and maybe the process is good for him. Maybe it was good for him to struggle for two years and, and really take a step back because, you know, Spread, I know you're an old guy and you remember the NBA of old when Big Ben could, <laughs> yeah, could roam free and, and dominate. Um, yes. You know, I wonder what somebody even like Patrick Ewing would do in today's NBA. It's just a different game. It really is. You have to be mobile. You have to be able to to, to play defensively. It's it's tough being an offensive player whose only real skill is to post. He was a terrible pick-and-roll player. I mean, one of the worst pick-and-roll players I've ever seen. And even worse defender. Yeah, so maybe it was good for him to have a couple tough years, to get moved around a little bit. Maybe he can find a home here in New Orleans and, and really focus and maximize what he might be able to do, which I think could be a really great third big man for a team, someone that you're proud to bring off the bench, who you know is offensively um, competent and defensively tries hard. So, you know, maybe maybe he could be Enos Cantor someday. I think that's maybe what his top end looks like at this point.
1: Wow, that's not much of a top end.
0: Uh, it's I Don't I know. <laughs> All right. Dallas Mavericks, the next team up here. Looks like they're going to be starting DeLon Wright, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kristaps Porzingis, if he's healthy, Dwight Powell, and then the, looking on the bench, Maxi Kleber, Justin Jackson, Seth Curry, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, a pretty nice roster here. Rick Carlisle, one of my absolute favorite coaches in the league. He continues to be um, someone who gets more and more out of out of players that, that you know, what you you put together the sum of the parts and are happen to be more the the total happens to be more than the sum of the parts. I don't know why I took it was so hard for me to say that. But <laughs> spread the Dallas Mavericks, what do you think about this team? Does uh Luka Doncic and and these, these guys, are they a fighter for that eighth spot in the
1: playoffs? So I love Luka. I was really disappointed that Kings didn't draft him. Um but overall I think the optimism of this team is kind of I'm actually surprised by it. And I was actually going to bring this up, and I figured it would be some fun banter for us back and forth. And, uh, you know, kind of playing to our joke from last pod about, you know, East Coast bias. But I think that poor Zingas definitely was the beneficiary of that because, um, you know, for as much fanfare as he gets, I always wonder would he get that much fanfare if he wasn't a New York Nick?
0: Well, that's kind of the the disease of being a Nick. You get more attention, but it's also just a horrible position to be in. I mean, stories have been told and long after you know you and I are, are actually both very old and, and maybe even after we move on someone's going to make an incredible documentary about the Dolan family in the New York Knicks because oh yeah I don't know what to think here I don't know if Christoph Porzingis is kind of a spoiled kid who, who got paid a little too much and, and didn't really try very hard or if he was just someone that looked around and went this is an absolute disaster I need to get out of here and whether that be getting hurt whether that be demanding a trade I I, you know not to say he got hurt on purpose but I think he kind of looked at that and went this is my chance to get out of an absolute mess I think that there is you know some strong signals that what's happening in in the New York Knicks organization is not good and uh, the change of pace might be good for him I mean Mark Cuban is one of the better owners in the league players love being there and Cuban's going to spend all the money he needs to make sure Porzingis is happy and healthy he gets to go play with Luka Doncic who you know spread if someone again who's played basketball I mean, that's got to be as much fun as anything playing with him he's an incredible passer he's someone that is going to find you when you're wide open um, can create and take the pressure off you when you need him to um, and poor Singus, you know again when when you think about him as a rookie you know he was in the same conversation as Joel Embiid was around being a unicorn around being somebody who right. can really be a big man in, in in this game where you know we just had that conversation there's not a lot of places for big people in this game so I'm optimistic that maybe in a little better situation with some better support, Porzingis can be very good. But this team, for me, all comes down to John Doncic. I think Doncic is really special. I don't yes. know that if this is the best roster for him. I hope that they could get a little more shooting and athleticism around him. But I love Luka Doncic. I think that he can do just about everything on a basketball court. And he has that, that special, almost unquantifiable skill of... Being able to unify a group, he's an incredibly gifted passer, and I think that it's really fun to play basketball with him. So, um, that's I, funny that, that's that you what I say that at.
1: because last year didn't wasn't there issues that he had um, with some of the, the American-born players. I think that maybe that was language
0: barrier stuff and them being used to AAU basketball versus. Uh, and this is another conversation for another day. But I yeah. think the difference between AAU basketball and, and what they do in Europe and what the best version of basketball is, is is very different. So I think it might have been a little uncomfortable for some of those players to, to get used to what he's trying to do. But when you look at this uh-huh. roster, I don't see a lot of players that are like that. Um, yeah, well, you know, they di- shipped
1: some of them out.
0: They did. I, they let
1: Luca know this is your team, and the guys that you have problems with are gone. And they <laughs> should. Know, if you don't want to get with the program, get out of here. And I think so, that speaks volumes about the organization. Thing you say about Cuban, yeah,
0: right. It's that's. I think that means something to players that that Mark Cuban, you know, he's he's a pretty honest, straight up guy. This is Donage's team, and get on board, or, or we're going to move along. Or get out, yeah. So I'm excited about this team, but again, they face a lot of the same challenges the Pelicans do. They're a really great, fun team, but there's only one spot in the playoffs, and I don't know that if it's their spot. I actually think that they have a better chance than the Pelicans, given what Doncic can do and and given some of the other players that they have here. I think that this is a team with a really wide variance. This could be a team that's very good, this could be a team that's very bad, but I think that if you know again we were talking about those perfect scenarios for the pelicans where everyone's healthy and happy if everyone's healthy and happy here this is a really interesting team with a lot of really interesting pieces and i think that they could surprise a lot of people
1: so my concern would be their depth i don't like their second unit at all what do you think about their depth
0: I think that from a regular season perspective, it could be tough. I I like Jalen Brunson, you know, again, we just talked about overestimating Villanova guys, but he's a nice lunch pail kind of go-to-work guy. I think he's the guy that you want in your locker room, you want in practice, you want coming off the bench. Seth Curry's fine. He does a lot of nice things. Good ball handler, good offensively. I don't know if Justin Jackson's going to continue to be good defensively. defensively. Uh, Seth Curry is, for sure. Yeah, Seth Curry Uh, is. Yeah, Justin Jackson, nice defensive player. But, you know, We'll he see what happens there. Finney Smith, we'll see what happens here. I like Kleber. I think is a nice guy coming off the bench. I think yeah, you're right. Their, their depth is a little bit in question here, but um, they've got enough talent upright. Or again, you know, in a perfect scenario, everyone's looking good, feeling good. This this could be a really dangerous team. Um, but, you know, my average scenario here is is not really a playoff team. So jumping into some of the odds, the Mavericks, yes, to make the playoffs, plus 220, same price as the Pelicans, that feels just about right. Their win total, 40 and a half, a win more, a game more than the Pelicans, but a little juicier price I'm seeing. Do you have any thoughts on that number?
1: I'm going under. I'm not buying in yet. We don't even know if Porzingis is 100% healthy. Uh, we've already heard that he might not play back-to-backs. That's where that depth is going to be an issue, although you made a good point of all the backups. I think uh, he has the strongest backup in Kleber. I think if, you know that's where they have the most depth is that that hybrid four position. Um, so they might not hurt as much, but you know, if Porzingis is what he's supposed to be, Cleaver uh, is going to be at a definite drop off. And if we're only getting him 60 games a year, which is, has been rumored and then it's been shot down. So who knows what we're really going to get? You know, it's funny reading these beat writers. I think sometimes I think I get info and then sometimes all it does is confuse me. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm under here. I'm not, I, I don't think Dallas is ready yet. I almost think they're like Memphis where they're still a year away
0: yeah i think this is another spot where alt totals if you have them are a good move i think you may be you know instead of an over here just take them to make the playoffs at, at plus 220 um and if there's an under see if you can find a different number keep looking around see if you can find a what nice plus money number on the playoff yeah, number, 38
1: would be you'd be alting for an extra five games right I mean, it's going to take 45 46 to get in the playoffs
0: something like that I, again i think so this is really a team think that's with a really just
1: an extra plus 120 or whatever Games. i think
0: i think that eight seed i think that eight seed is not going to have a ton of wins i know we're used to seeing 45 and 46 win oh, eight seed teams is. i think it's going to be 42 43 again it requires a little more schedule okay. analysis and on see, my and part. And i don't huge. feel great about it
1: yeah and the difference between 42 and 43 going up two or three i think that would justify the extra price of uh you know going to plus 220 okay cool that's a nice little all but under my scenario, where that where it's 45-46, I don't think the plus 220 justifies. I think you're better playing it safe yeah, than just going that makes over sense. 40 and having the cushion.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, I think, again, this is a team with a really wide distribution of, of, of wins here. I think this is a team that could win 30 games. I think this is a team that could win 50 games if, if everything goes 50? right. 50? So, yeah, I think if everything goes right, I think this wow. team could, could could beat up on teams that are load managing. It could <laughs> beat up on the Eastern Conference. I just... Again, if Porzingis comes in and he's healthy, they're saying he might be good 20, 25 games into the season. You know, if you get 50 healthy games out of Porzingis and he's playing nice basketball and him and Doncic are, are melding, again, this is a very low percentage chance of that. I'm not yeah. saying that's so likely in any taking? way, shape, or form. All total, I don't know. I'm like not taking plus anything. Plus
1: 400 there to get 50 games? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I'm I have no idea. you at minus 500. I don't we'll have to get, a, we'll have to get somebody smarter
0: on all. the pod to tell me what the price should be on something like that. But I think, again, if if you're going to bet Attention this and you want to go under, capper. yeah, right? That's right. Again, DM him. We'll get him on the podcast, yeah. I think, folks. It might take your help. Um, but, again, if you can find an under, an alt under for plus money and, and a, an alt over for plus money, look for stuff like that here. I think, again, there's a pretty wide distribution. So well, look for some better pricing out, and different numbers.
1: The alts will come out in about, let today, the 5th or the 6th.
0: Got seventeen days left, spread.
1: So the odds will come out in about thirteen to fourteen days.
0: Yeah, we think you're right. And thirteen about to fourteen so days on season. five
1: times when you go in, then, then the, instead of just being the box, they'll be like the slider where you can choose different options.
0: Look for that. All right, we got two teams left here. Let's jump but into this. I think the I same. might
1: actually put money on this one. I feel pretty strongly yeah. that that forty and a half. I mean, I almost think you're getting a couple games of value. When I set this up in my head, I thought it was going to be between thirty-five and thirty-seven
0: interesting so then yeah if, if that's how you're thinking then you're right if yeah. you can get an under 39 and a half so that i know be this number opened bet. at 41 and a half. congrats to our buddy d money makes money oh gosh um, he does doesn't he he does he's got some some great clv here he i think he got under really? 41 and a half. so congrats to him for a number that moved his way
1: so here and let's also just say the nightmare scenario for me if i bet this under 40 and a half is that they're doing well and that they make a mid-season trade
0: right that's, right. that's another thing I'm, I'm that positive Memphis about.
1: Situation, you add Iguodala or uh, Crowder to this, this squad, and suddenly I feel a little different about their depth and their ability to compete in the regular season.
0: All right, anything else in the Mavericks before we jump into Texas? No, let's keep going. San Antonio Spurs. DeWante DeWante oh god is it I hope it's DeWante anyway we're back to the WTA podcast where I can't pronounce stuff Mr. Murray the point (laughs) guard Derek White at shooting guard DeMar DeRozan Marcus Aldridge I think Yaka Pirtle Patty Mills coming off the bench Damari Carroll coming off the bench Rudy Gay um you know another interesting team Greg Popovich I wonder if Popovich is going to be a little more focused this year he kind of he took a little bit of abuse for the uh, the FIBA World Cup team. So I wonder if he's going to be a little more motivated. But I like this roster. You know what? I thought he had a point. I mean, well, he did. But at the same time, I think there were some very questionable decisions about some of the rosters and what happened at the end of those games. I don't think that those guys were maybe as prepared as they could have been. But... I mean, like,
1: what is he, what is he really going to do? How much time did he get with them? Like, two or three weeks?
0: I guess Probably so.
1: half of them were, like, banging whatever Instagram models were in whatever area they were in at the time. Like, barely even paying attention I'm, i don't blame pop for that at all and i think he had a good point with the amount of international players in the world and the and the level of these leagues and, and this would be another fun pod that we can debate about i i i'm of the argument that these leagues like the one that Donkic came from are actually of a higher level of basketball than the ncaa at this point
0: Oh, man, we get so much stuff when we take a break. But let's circle back. <laughs> All right, let's try to focus here. Right, what are your expectations for the Spurs this season? I like this team. I think this is going to be a really sneaky team. I think this is going to be a really fun team to bet on. I think we're going to get some nice, short spreads at home shout out to our boy db who loves the spurs and loves those short spreads at home i know that he's paid rent and a lot of bills doing stuff like that but what is your expectation for the spurs lineup do you think that they're a championship contender just a playoff contender what are you expecting
1: so you know what's weird about the spurs is when you list off your locks i almost feel guilty every time we leave the spurs out because it's like yeah like oh my god do i keep doing that you haven't said it once, like when well, we've been doing it.
0: Holy crap! Because never if mind. if you put
1: the Spurs in as a lock, then the Kings then we don't have, have eight a slot teams. Anymore. Yeah, there's eight of them. So you hold on, on really that. let's have do it again. Logs. I
0: I can't believe I. So that has been a total slip on my part. I thought I've been saying this Spurs, oh, okay. all right? Because I was waiting. Houston's one, yeah. The
1: chat and just just roast you for never putting them as a lock. Well, now I know he's
0: not listening to the pod. We got to give him some crap for that. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's just do it one more time here. Houston Rockets right, are one. It. Lakers and Clippers two and three. Um, Nuggets. Jazz four and five. We'll say Spurs here, so I don't forget them for six. And then you're right, the Trailblazers and um... no, the Trailblazers and the Warriors. There, you're right. Oh my God, maybe yeah. there isn't, maybe there isn't an open spot spread. I, I, I'm actually ashamed because I think you're right. This team is really great, and uh, my apologies for disrespecting them. I don't, I don't know if that speaks volumes about what the world thinks about the Spurs because I, I love them to death, and I've been excited to bet on them, but. My gosh, you're right. I I think you're right. I've missed them on every list.
1: Where they're just effective flying below the radar. You know, and, you know, now that Leonard left, and even when Leonard was there, you know, they don't have a high-profile star. You know, they don't have that huge pairing. Like, you know, DeRozan Aldridge obviously doesn't have the same ring as uh, LeBron AD or George uh, Leonard. I won't say his first name since I always butcher it. Uh, But... Huh? I don't Why? see how this I don't see how this team doesn't make the playoffs Let me pull up their over-under right now 45 40? and a half
0: Oh, 45 and a half, that's come down a little bit The that's number what that I've I was looking at times. was 47 and a half Again, these numbers are a little at bit where? older um, This is an old Bovada oh, number From
1: your from your sheet, okay, yeah
0: Yeah, from my sheet, this is an old Bovada number
1: Okay, yeah, while well, I'm on five times right now You can place this bet They're over 45 and a half is minus 125
0: So you like that over then, even though it's a little bit juiced?
1: Yeah. I'm, I don't don't think I'm gonna bet
0: it. <laughs> oh come on, spread, you gotta bet something. That's the whole point of this podcast.
1: Well I bet Dallas under Well
0: yeah I, but they gave us a bet. <laughs> oh come on. You okay,
1: so if I have a lean, I lean I, okay, so I lean over based off history. And my total respect for the organization, Popovich, and the way they develop players. But then, like right now, we're doing what we're doing, where we each have the depth charts pulled up in front of us. I mean, is this that impressive a depth chart?
0: Um, let me just double check. I mean, I you know I just went through the roster there. I, I like what they've got. I think the starting five has scoring and has defense. Um, you look at some of the players off the bench. Patty Mills is great. Demari Carroll's going to love his role. Rudy Gay. Um, you know, I think that there is enough potential here on the on the bench for those those guys to make real impacts and you know again it's the regular season Popovich will figure some stuff out i think i guess i just still have ultimate faith in him and his ability
1: yeah so if i were to bet it i bet over but i
0: think i think you're right it's it's tough for me i'm, I'm gonna go to bet it no i don't think i am either i think you know again at that 45 and a half you're looking at a really really solid number they're minus 300 to make the playoffs four and a quarter to win the division you know, plus 425, 45 to 1 to win the conference, 60 to 1 to win the title. I don't think of them in that regard, but they're a solid playoff team. Um, yeah. So I think you're right. At 45 and a half, I lean towards the over, but I don't think I have a wager there.
1: All right, so let's talk about a couple of their more controversial players. Give right. me your hot takes on DeMar DeRozan.
0: I like DeMar DeRozan. He's a nice, solid basketball player. He works extremely hard. He knows exactly what he can do on offense. He tries hard on defense. You know, he's not a great player. He, he's kind of the discussion we had earlier. He's not an MVP candidate. He's not a first-team All-NBA guy, but I think he's a possible all-star, maybe just a, t- a tick below that at this point in his career. But I like his game. I think he's perfectly fine, but, you know, not a leader of a championship team.
1: All right, hot take on LaMarcus Aldridge. What you got for me?
0: <sighs> not much. I think that maybe Lamar- <laughs> maybe Mr. Aldridge here is uh, on the later end of his career. There's a lot of stuff that he does... Um, that's hard to guard in the normal NBA, you know, the game that he likes to play. It's essentially Dirk Nowitzki without three-point shooting, which is kind of funny to watch. Um, But, you know, they're just going to keep hammering a couple of those areas. He's a nice post player. I think that on this team he makes sense. I think on a lot of teams it would be tough.
1: Yeah. All right. And uh, I like Poto a lot at their center, but I see them uh, taking him out and running – with a Lonnie Walker or Rudy Gay and, and moving Aldridge over to the five when they're closing a lot of times.
0: Lonnie Walker will be the very, very most interesting piece on this team if if he can, you know, grow his game a little bit and, and become a little better. Um, they'll take a big step forward. So, any other thoughts on the? You Senate? know what? The
1: more I look at it, the more I like this roster.
0: I mean, you, you I got think you should.
1: Kelly, he's perfect for the for the. Brent uh, Forbes uh, will play minutes. Just, yeah, they actually have some depth. Yeah. Yeah, I would not. I would not take the under here.
0: No, I don't think you can.
1: Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts here Boy, on the Spurs? This really makes it rough for our Kings' playoff <laughs> chances with this team looking that solid. Doesn't I
0: it? know it's well. That's okay. We got a whole another podcast another week or so before we figure that out. So, any other thoughts here on the Spurs yeah. before we jump into the Houston Rockets?
1: Um, no, I'm just glad you apologized for leaving out of your locks for the first uh, two or three times we've discussed it. And now we're going into hot-take season with Houston. I'm glad Houston is in Texas because we should have some hot-takes here.
0: All right, Houston Rockets, their starting lineup. Russell Westbrook, the big-ass acquisition of the offseason. James Harden, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella coming off the bench. Gerald Green, Gary Clark, Tyson Chandler, Austin Rivers, Thabo, Cephalosha. Maybe Dene will even come back. What do you think about this Houston Rockets team spread? Are they a championship contender?
1: Yes, unfortunately they are. Uh, much to my chagrin, they're actually uh, hard in. I yeah, respect his game, but I like, we've discussed it before. We don't want to spend too much time on it, but I don't like the drawing fouls aspect of his game. I think he would be so much more enjoyable to watch if he kind of relied on his natural ability and played the game more in the spirit of the game rather than looking for, uh, you know, small little avenues to exploit to get foul calls. But. Um, A lot of people were worried about this Westbrook Harden pairing. I think it's gonna work just fine. I think you know, I was more worried with Paul and Harden, but they showed that they can make that work.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see Westbrook and how he's gonna adapt to being on James Harden team as as opposed to having his own team. Well right, but it was Westbrook's team. So I think this is gonna be a big switch, but I don't think it'll be that big of a deal, honestly. I think Westbrook is ready to He's someone that's very aware of what he can do and what his role is on the team, and I think that he's going to fit in nicely with this group. And I think it's an upgrade over Chris Paul. You, know, you look at this team; they're just as good as they were last year. And I think moving from Paul to Westbrook is an upgrade—a um, much oh, better a athlete, up, right? a much better player in terms of being healthy. Um, I'm curious to see what Austin Rivers can do with a full offseason, being ready to play with this team. He's an interesting player and has the skills to, you know, be a really nice third guard coming off the bench for this yeah, group. Back so. Up. This is one of the teams that I think of as championship contenders. You know, it's it's them, it's the two LA teams, the Sixers and the Bucks. Um, I like this team. I like this team a lot. But you know, you start to look at some of the numbers here. They're they're minus two seventy five to win the division. That's probably just about right. Five to one to win the conference. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, maybe that's low. just about right. That's probably a little low. I think that's low. Eight and a half to one to win the title. I'm not quite there yet. Now they're Way over low. under. They should be like
1: oh, fifteen to one to win the title.
0: 54 oh, that's interesting now what do you think that is it is it because the lakers and, and clippers are going to be so dominant
1: because what i mentioned earlier with hardens game and the nitpicking for the fouls that just doesn't fly in the playoffs and also and this is where the addition of westbrook would help the guy is the guy has had a history of just wearing himself out dropping 36 a game during the regular season playing 42 minutes a night during the regular season and just looks dog tired when it comes to the playoffs, and he's a jump shooter, and <laughs> when his legs go, when he's tired, you know, he's just not that effective. If he's tired and he's not hitting the jump shot and he's not getting the ticky-tack fouls, you know, it really shows how much is his ineffectiveness uh, rears its ugly head. And, you know, it was on display in, in, in full amount when the Warriors lost Kevin Durant and then just proceeded to uh, beat them by even more the next game. You know, he's just... Uh, he has yet to prove into the playoffs. And now it's, it's at this point, it's also got to be a mental um, issue for him, too. You know, I mean, he's out there, you know, he's balling hard every night, but it's like it doesn't really matter what he does in the regular season at this point. Right. If he, if he flames out in the playoffs again, he's considered a failure.
0: I think that's where Westbrook's gonna help him a lot. I think that when they got in that Golden State series that Chris Paul wasn't able to take over and that Harden needed some help and I don't right. think that he had the second guy. I think that's that that's it. where Westbrook gets to be an interesting piece. I think that's where this team really improves that there is someone else that, you know, is gonna stand up and talk shit and be tough and that, you know, Harden can focus on doing the things he's doing and not have to lead a team, so I'm optimistic about their chances, but I think you're right. That price, I don't know if it quite should be 15 to 1, but 8.5 to 1 is no good. So do you have any thoughts on the win total? I'm seeing 54 wins Let here. me tell
1: a fun story about Westbrook real quick. Have you heard the quotes from Steven Adams where Westbrook will get mad if you talk to the opponent's team players like during the game, before, after, or anything like that? Like I've heard he that before, chance, but I don't I know what's, what's yeah, up.
0: I don't, I, I've heard that before, but I haven't heard Adams talk about it. I think that, I think that type it. of
1: attitude helps.
0: It does. Uh, it's tough. It's you know. It's not you know, the it's NBA we're used to, right, but I think that that kind of... Well, it um... kind
1: of is. Magic and Isaiah were kissing each other before the finals.
0: <laughs> I don't know if necessarily that's true, but again... I'm... No, it
1: is. They used to give each other little che- kisses on the cheek. Oh,
0: that's sweet. I don't remember <laughs> that spread. I don't know if... Uh, I think it was only maybe two or three for that. I know that you were, you know, young 30s yeah. just out of college with your first job, <laughs> yeah, so was, you have strong memories of that. Yeah, but I, it's, was I think your point is well made, though. Westbrook gives this team an attitude that it's not used to having. So, do, do you like that win total? Do you think they could win more than 54 games in this Western Conference?
1: Yeah, doesn't that seem low to you?
0: I don't know. I keep staring at it. I can't tell if it's low, I can't tell if it's high, which is usually a good indicator that it's the right number. Um,. Uh-huh you know as someone that does think and we'll talk about this more when we get to the pacific division um i'm not totally optimistic about the lakers chances given their desire to load manage and things like that you know the rockets won 53 games last year They should be a little better this year you know maybe that number is a little bit lower 54 but uh, it's hard for me to gauge
1: i like the over here
0: i think it's over a pass but i'm just not ready to get on board
1: yeah, I think they kind of addressed some depth issues because River, uh, Westbrook gives them way more minutes. The staggering of Harden should help out for the playoffs. And um, yeah, I mean, Tyson Chandler's a nice little backup here. I like the over. I think this team's going to be better than last year.
0: All right. I'll, I'll look at that a little bit more. I definitely lean towards the over, but I think that's the looker pass. So any of the thoughts here? Uh, on the-
1: yeah, real quick. I do want to get your uh, thoughts on the D'Antoni lame duck coaching situation. He didn't really get much of a ring endorsement in the offseason. He was also, I think, forced to get rid of some assistance, which I'm sure he's not happy about.
0: That is one of the hangups with this team, but I think D'Antoni is a professional. I think that at some point Murray will Mori will address that during the season, but that's definitely a red flag for me. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not enough for me to, to start to be negative about the team, but uh, it's definitely a red flag. It's something to watch. I think that's a good situation to pay attention to. If that seems like it's crumbling towards the end of the year, maybe start to buy out of some of your rockets wagers.
1: So, um, I also think it's kind of foolhardy on the Rockets' part. I mean, if you are going to get rid of them, and I'm, um, you know, being old harking back to the Kings with Rick Adelman, but if you get rid of a good coach, you better have someone better lined up. And I don't see who they think that they would get better than D'Antoni. Now, obviously, there will be some firings at the end of the year, but I'd say there's, what, 10 good NBA coaches, and the rest are just kind of. Gosh, plug I don't even know play. if there's like, 10. Running backs in the NFL, it doesn't even matter. You know, you just interchange them with pretty much no effect on your one probability
0: i think you make a good point if, if they're going to think about getting rid of d'antoni they need to think about who the next person to come in is and, and be ready for that yeah. but again i know that D'Antoni's the coach for this year and i think that he's going to be a professional and, and focus on his job if but... they get
1: off to a bad start would you be surprised to see him uh you said he's coach for the year if they get off to a bad start would you try to see if they jettison him
0: i don't think so because i think that the ownership and the management think of this team as a title contender, and I don't think that you'd make that change again without an obvious candidate. I just don't see who that is, but it's certainly a situation yeah. to monitor.
1: Yeah. So, we'll see. I don't know. I don't really see them having a slow start, though. I think this team's ready to go.
0: Yeah, I do, too. This will be another team. I'm going to double-check their schedule, and I might join you on that over, but for the time being, I'm going to say no.
1: Yeah, but I'm not for. I don't think that they make it past... Either LA in the playoffs, and I even think the Warriors would beat him again. Really, in a playoff situation,
0: I don't think the Warriors I mean, they beat, him beat him them. Him. Pretty
1: much the same lineup last year in Houston.
0: No, Clay Thompson. That's a big difference.
1: Well, Clay will be back by the time they go to the playoffs.
0: I don't know if I'm as optimistic as you are about that.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be able to revisit this plenty because. I expect both these teams to be in the top four.
0: And we'll be able to revisit it because we have just one more division preview left. The Pacific Division, okay. home of the Clippers, home of the Lakers, home of the Golden State Warriors, home of Spread's beloved Sacramento Kings. And, and who's the final team? I guess it's the Phoenix Suns, huh? Yeah, They're there too. But what a fun division. Yeah, we'll get to that next suits. time. Um, and unless, Spread, you have any more thoughts here in the Southwest? I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to give us a rating and review, no matter where you're listening. We'd love if you followed us on Twitter at NetWorthPod. And be sure to reach out to us with any of your thoughts and questions. And be sure to send at whale underscore capper lots of DMs, letting him know how much you want to hear him on the NetWorth NBA podcast. And I think we can get him on in maybe a week or so.
1: Oh, that sounds like a plan.
0: All right, everybody, have a great week.
1: Good luck in all your wagers.